hello, and welcome to the Already Loved Podcast. I'm your host, Carly G. Knipe, and guys, it has been way too long. I have missed you guys so much. I've missed sitting on the floor of my closet surrounded by clothes and talking about Jesus. Uh, That has definitely been something that my life has been lacking in this past semester, but that break was much needed, and I'm so, so excited to see what the Lord has planned for this season and just everything that he has in store for us. Anyway, I'm super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Obviously, we always start with the song recommendation of the day, and this is kind of an oldie, but because I haven't been here in a while, I just wanted to reference it just to kind of put it in the books, but the album Lion by Elevation Worship, really good one. I love it. Personally, one of my favorites has got to be dancing. I know everybody, everybody's, it's going to be everyone's wedding song. I'm going to hear it in like three to four years and everyone's going to be dancing to it on their first dance at their wedding. And that's okay. You know what? I personally won't be choosing that one as my first dance song, but that's okay. Also, that's for me and my future husband to decide, whoever he may be. (laughs) But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, One of my other favorites from Lion has got to be Forever Yahweh. Just such a good one. And when I was listening to it, I was like, man, it seems so simple. Like the lyrics seem so simple. But honestly, I believe that this is what heaven is singing over the Lord every single day. So... Anyway, I'm super excited to introduce the topic that we'll be talking about today. Today, we'll be chatting about living in authenticity and what that looks like. I know it can seem super simple and super straightforward to talk about, you know, the fears and the insecurities that hold us back, but truly, I believe that when we are not living in authenticity and we're not living in the fullness of what Jesus has called us to live, when we're not living lives worthy of our callings, that's where the enemy can stop us from not only not doing what the Lord has called us to do, but also just not knowing the Lord fully or seeing him rightly for who he really is. It's something that stops every single one of us. None of us are exempt from the fears and the insecurities of the world, but we are called higher and we are more than conquerors. And so today we're going to be talking about that. Obviously, I'm going to go ahead and pray us in to start off. Lord, I just thank you so much for being here. I thank you for this time. I thank you for my voice. And I thank you that you woke me up this morning, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just have your way in this season. That you would have your way in today. You would have your way in our lives, Lord. We love you so, so much. Lord, speak through me. Whatever you want to say, Lord, let it be said today. In Jesus' name, amen. So unless you were born yesterday, I'm pretty sure every single one of us has dealt with the fear of being judged, the fear of being rejected, and just that fear of showing up completely as you are and still being rejected. That is definitely one of my worst fears. I have dealt with that throughout my entire life. And even though it's so basic and it seems like such a surface level fear, it really is something that can truly stop us from knowing the Lord fully. That's fear of man. That is fear of rejection. And we are not called to be chained to the ways of this world. We're not called to be chained down and fearful of what people think of us. Honestly, that mindset of like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to judge me. I don't want people to think ill of me. That is how I lived pretty much all of high school. I mean, unless you're not a human being, you probably lived this way too. And I think a lot of us still live with this fear. Um, I wanted to be seen when I was in high school. I wanted to be seen as funny, pretty, nice, popular, cool, all the good things. Um, And it seems like such a basic insecurity, like almost like a surface level fear. Like, obviously, this is not new news to you. I'm not breaking any crazy news to you right now. Yeah, as we get older, I think that I have this theory that our insecurities get deeper and more complex, that if we don't deal with them now, they just grow later into 
deeper negative self-talk into deeper roots in our brains and in our hearts that we believe about ourselves because when someone lies to you when you're young whether it's like bullying or negative self-talk it will follow you into adulthood until we address it and we call it out and we give it to the lord i've seen this in my own life someone told me in middle school actually that i was loud and clingy those two exact words um and now i find myself still overthinking like every relationship every friendship i'm in because i don't want to seem too obnoxious or too like overbearing and on a deeper level i really do believe that we let these insecurities penetrate into our relationship with god because of what people have said to me I now carry that into my time with the Lord, and in my flesh, I believe, oh, God thinks that I'm too much. He doesn't want to hear from me because I'm so much, and I'm way too overbearing. I'm way too clingy, and so I pull away from the Lord, and then I look around, and I'm like, oh my gosh, who told me that? Who told me that I was clingy? Who told me that I was loud? Because now I I don't want to be this way, and now I'm bringing this into my relationship with God nowadays. I'm so, so grateful that the Lord really freed me from this in so many ways, but it took a lot of unlearning and a lot of diving deep into myself and asking, Lord, where in my heart, where in my life have I believed these lies? And why do I still feel the need to prove myself to someone that doesn't even exist (laughs) to this voice in my head that is just simply my insecurity and simply my flesh and my conscience? So all of that started with one lie that someone planted in my life at a young age. And I think we all have that lie or maybe we have several and so I want this episode to really be obviously it's about living in authenticity but the first step to authenticity is finding freedom from what's holding us back finding freedom from the insecurities and the lies and the fears I believe that all of us have some sort of surface level insecurity maybe when we were growing up you know wishing that we were funny and cool and likable but when we allow the enemy to plant those lies in our minds we actually just get deeper insecurities when we get older so We're just going to be talking about breaking free from those and living in authenticity, living in freedom across the board in every single area of our lives. And this takes a lot of heart work with the Lord, and it's really not for the faint of heart. So you and I are just going to dive deep into that. I know you didn't think this first episode was going to be super reflective, but here we are talking about our childhood, talking about our insecurities, but we are going to find freedom today. So the first point that I thought of when I thought about living in authenticity is that Jesus came to free you from fear of man. You cannot fully be yourself and who God created you to be if you're still afraid of what people think of you. And I know this is so, so basic. Like you've heard this a million times, like be yourself, like everyone else is already taken, like all those like really silly quotes, but it's hard. It is hard to come up and fully be yourself and just stand there and hope that no one rejects you. But You know, this is something that I still struggle with. In Proverbs 29, verse 25, it says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. I love that it reminds, it it compares fear of man to a snare. It really is a trap because then you're stuck in this trap for the rest of your life. Fear of man isn't like the thought of like being afraid of men, but rather it's valuing what they think about you above what God has already spoken over you. The second point is that the Lord has already stamped his seal of approval over you. In 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21 through 22, it says, Now it is God who establishes both us and you in Christ. He anointed us, placed his seal on us, and put his spirit on our hearts as a pledge of what is to come. I just wanted to tell you, God thinks the world of you, and he is so, so proud of you. 
He loves you so much because he is love. He doesn't know how to not love you. He adores you. And like a father loves his toddler, he wants what's best for you. He created you in his image and you are more than a conqueror. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a son or a daughter of the one true living God and you are seated in heavenly places. This is the truth about who you are. Every single one of those sayings can be brought back to the word of God, which is a promise. It's a sword for us to yield against the enemy and against even just the negative self-talk that we often have or whatever anyone has ever said about you. I just want you to know the Lord has already stamped his seal of approval over you and no one else can take that away. The third point is that the Lord desires for you to live a life worthy of your calling. In Ephesians 4 verse 1, it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. I just want to ask this question. You totally don't have to answer it, but what would it look like if you lived knowing that you were fully known and fully loved by God? What would it look like? Would you stop fearing what people thought in the ways that you dress, in the ways that you talk, in the ways that you interact with people? I didn't start living in authenticity in high school until I realized who Jesus says that I am and until I started to really believe it. I wore this mask. I put up a front of who I wanted people to see, but people can't truly love you if they only know a fake version of you. And you won't truly be able to receive the love of Jesus if you aren't ever honest with him or with yourself. So what does it look like to live a life worthy of your calling? Well, I love the verse Romans 12 verse 1 through 3. It talks about giving your life to the Lord as a living sacrifice, but I believe it also just talks about what it looks like to truly live in authenticity. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I love this so, so much um, because it really breaks it down for us. I'm a very simple person, so having something just like kind of broken down for me and saying like, this is how you do it is really, really helpful for me. And I believe that all of these things when you do these things just objectively and when your heart isn't truly in it, nothing's going to really happen. Your heart has to be yielded to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you to help me. And I just want you, Lord. I just want you in this. I believe that your heart has to be open to receiving whatever he has for you. Your heart has to be open to yielding to whatever way and whatever direction he takes you. So verse one, it says, present your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. We cannot do this without the Lord. I think it's so, so beautiful. We need God to help us love God. Like, how interesting is that? Have you ever thought like in our flesh, our flesh does not want to submit. Our flesh does not want to sit down and read our Bibles. It does not want to yield to something deeper. We just want instant gratification. We want something that will make us immediately happy. But the waiting on the Lord and the desiring of the Lord, our flesh does not desire heavenly things. It just doesn't. It, I wish that we did. I, it would be a lot easier when I was sitting down for my quiet time. It would be a lot easier if my flesh did. But this is the point. And what I believe presenting your life as a living sacrifice looks like is dying to your flesh and saying every time that you're going to spend time with the Lord, going to read your Bible, going to sing songs to him, going to just spend time in his presence 
that is when you can say, flesh, it is time to praise the Lord. Awake, my soul, it is time to praise the Lord. I know I don't feel like it. I know I have probably 10 other things to do on my to-do list, but it is time to praise the Lord. And that's what we're going to do right now. That is dying to your flesh. In other ways, it's also just surrendering what you have. Like, even if it's good things, but just not godly things. Like, hey, I have this relationship that I'm in and I love it and I love this person. But if it's not unto the Lord, it means nothing. That is dying to your flesh. It's not saying, I'm going to break up with you and become a nun and like never date again. Like everything I do is the Lord. Like that's not necessarily what he's saying when he says, present your life as a living sacrifice. But it's more so everything that I do is now unto the Lord. It's a sacrifice for the Lord. And this sounds really intense because it's like, oh my gosh, a living sacrifice, dying. What does that even mean? But it's what he's worthy of. Jesus paid the highest price by being separated from the Father. When Jesus was crying on the mountain before he was going to the cross, when he was praying for you and me and sweating blood and and in so much anguish, he wasn't crying because he had to die. He was crying because he knew that he was going to be separated from God. This is the first time in history where the Trinity was ever separated. The Trinity has always been one, but the minute that Jesus died on the cross, he was separated from God and the Holy Spirit. And so, that is the highest price to be separated from God and to suffer and die and become a sinner when he had no sin. He who literally did not do one imperfect thing his whole life. He was completely man, completely God, but he was so perfect and he lived this earth. He was tempted by the devil. He had experienced sadness and betrayal and so many things lived this life. He was the highest in heaven, sat on the throne, and he came down as a baby in the most humble form for you and for me. And he died with you in mind. He died with me in mind, knowing that I would still sin on a daily basis. I would still have days where I wouldn't trust him, where I wouldn't question his character, but he still did it for me. And I don't know anybody else who has done that for me. This is what I mean when I say it sounds intense to give your life to the Lord, but he is so, so worthy of it because of what he did for us. Living your life and presenting it as a living sacrifice looks like saying, Lord, I want your will and not mine. And knowing and trusting that his ways are higher than mine. I remember seeing this prayer on Instagram. I hate the fact that like, (laughs) I'm on Instagram so much, y'all. Help me, Lord, with my screen time. But... I remember seeing this post. I mean, there is some good things about Instagram and it's probably all those Christian pages that I follow because it said, Lord, thank you so much for not giving me what I thought I wanted. And how beautiful is that? Because it's just showing like anything that I could have dreamt up myself, anything that I could have, you know, controlled or almost manipulated into happening, none of it compares to the glory and the beauty of what the Lord has for you. And not only what he has for you, but who he is for you. Like just who he is. When you look upon his face and you see how he loves you, when you look upon his face and just see the hope and the joy and the peace in his eyes, that nothing, nothing in the world I would trade for that. More precious than silver, more costly than gold is the Lord to me. And the minute that I lose that adoration and that absolute love for him is the minute that I know that I'm not seeing him rightly and that there's an idol, that there's something in the way of me and the Lord. The minute that I look at the Lord, not with adoration and love and reverence, the minute that I look at him with anything other than that is the minute that I know that something has replaced him in my heart. And so it's this holy, beautiful dance of asking the Lord, 
Lord, what in my heart am I, am I replacing with you? What in my heart am I desiring above you? And so when we present our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, it's surrendering those wants and those desires, whether they're good, they're bad, they're worldly, they're heavenly, whatever they are, and asking for the Lord to replace those desires with his. And you'll find that life is so, so much more fulfilling. It's so much more joyful. I have found more richness and flavor in life when I am surrendered and in communion with the Lord than when I am not. I can't explain it anymore other than for you to experience it for yourself and just be able to affirm, wow, yes, whatever that girl Carly was talking about, she was right because life with the Lord is so, so much better when you're surrendered to him. The second part of that Romans verse is do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We've heard this verse a lot, and I think a lot of us focus on the do not be conformed to the world part, which is very true, but I really do believe that that's simply a precursor to being transformed by the renewal of your mind. It is hard to hate the things of this world until our minds are renewed. It is hard because the world, there's a lot of pretty shiny things in there. There's a lot of glamorous life and, you know, a lot of instant gratification that we can find ourselves wanting to lean towards, but until we are transformed by the renewal of our minds, we will not be able to not desire that. In our flesh, we will not be able to not desire that. But the minute I have found that the minute I am transformed by the renewal of my mind and the Holy Spirit, and I'm asking the Lord, Lord, here's my life, here's my mind, let it be your will, not mine. The minute that I'm actually spending time with the Lord and I'm just looking at his face, Sin looks disgusting. The world looks disgusting. A lot of people say like, oh, sin is pretty. It's fun. Like, obviously that's why we want it. But if you're living in communion with the Lord, sin is gross. Like, I do not want to be there anymore. That trap, that glamour is not all what it's cracked up to be. I wrote this down that an outward transformation must start from an inner one. I think a lot of times we think that changing our habits or our actions will change how we feel and like what's going on in our hearts. But we're trying to fix the symptoms instead of what's truly going on inside. I remember in high school when I was not following the Lord and I knew who he was, but I didn't know him personally yet. I was emotionally hopping from boy to boy. I was lying and gossiping. And I realize now that those were simply symptoms of a deeper issue going on in my heart. The deeper issue was a a need for approval or acceptance and intimacy I love Matthew 23, verse 26. It says, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, but I truly believe that this is how we are. We must clean the inside of ourselves. We must purify our motives and our intentions and what's going on in the inside, and then the outside will be clean, and then our symptoms will show that, and then our fruits will show that. We can't try to just manipulate the fruit and be like, all right, I'm just going to try to like make my life look like I'm just going to try to make myself look more put together and like fix everything on the outside, but we fail to look at the inside. What's going on in my heart? What do I actually need, and what am I lacking? Matthew 12 verse 34 says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Lord, let my heart be full of what is pure and noble and honorable Let my life be full of what is holy and acceptable to God. I think a really good indicator for how you're doing spiritually and in your soul is how are you talking to yourself? How are you talking to others? How do you look at others? What are the thoughts that go on in your mind on a daily basis? Think about what you think about. I find myself, I am very much more negative. I'm more judgmental. I am more hard on myself. And there's a lot of anxiety 
when I am not full of the Lord, when I am not living and abiding and communion with the Lord. My heart is all over the place and my mouth shows it, my life shows it, and my fruit shows it. So this is what it looks like to live a life worthy of your calling is being able to address that within yourself. And I think that comes into part of verse two. This is the third point. Discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The best way that I can say this is accountability with yourself. Discern what is the will of God, yes, in your life and everything, but in your decisions, just be honest with yourself. Asking yourself, like, is what I'm doing actually pleasing to God? Are the actions that I do on a daily basis, are the habits that I'm forming, are those pleasing to God? I think a lot of times we think that, like, the enemy is attacking me, like, I'm just going through a really hard time, but really, like, we're just living in sin and we're just, like, doing this to ourselves. Like, that sounds so bad, but I think someone needs to say it and I am, like, the main culprit of this. Like, the amount of times that I've called my sister and been like, oh my gosh, I literally feel so bloated all the time and like my stomach hurts and everything hurts. I get tired. I just feel tired all the time and exhausted. And then she's like, okay, well, what do you eat in a day? And I'm like, um, like noodles for every meal. And she's just like, Carly, I love you, but you can't eat noodles for every meal and expect to like feel amazing every single day. And that is just one silly example, but it just shows that if I just was accountable with myself and if I was just honest with myself, it would fix so many of my problems. So obviously that is a very silly example, but I think it just shows that we could avoid so many issues if we just were accountable with ourselves and honest with ourselves about where we were at, what we're actually doing, and is what I'm actually doing pleasing the Lord. Every time that I'm having a hard time and like in a desert season or whatever that even means, I literally just be like, listen, if I just like gave this to the Lord, life would be so much better. I know if I just surrendered and obeyed the first time instead of having to like reel back and being like, Lord, I'm so sorry for like disobeying you. Like I know life would be so much easier. And I think it's so, so beautiful because God has so, so much grace for you in whatever season you're in. Every single time that I have disobeyed and come back to the Lord, he has still blessed me and he has still loved me and he runs to me with open arms. He does not hesitate. He does not look down on us with shame. That person that you are afraid of what they think about you or what their opinion of you is or what they're saying about you, they will not be standing next to you on the judgment day giving an account for your life. That will be you and God alone. Also, another thing that I think about is just the fact that everyone is so worried about themselves. No one is really thinking about you. And I say that with so much love and I say that to me in middle school, me in high school and me literally last week. Not everyone is thinking about you all the time. So it is okay to just live your life, do your thing, as long as you are pleasing the Lord and living a life worthy of your calling, you have nothing to worry about. When I think about my most embarrassing moment ever and I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally, the thought of that makes me want to pass away. Like that is the worst possible thing that ever could have happened. Half of the time, people literally do not remember it. The way I think about it is like this. Do you remember any of your random classmates from third grade doing something embarrassing or from even from middle school? Not really. I mean, if you do, they're probably your friends still and you're thinking about that because you guys laugh about it. But you don't really remember anything that your friends from middle school did that was embarrassing. So they don't remember what you did that was embarrassing or they don't remember what you said that was embarrassing or it's not even about embarrassment, but it's more so just about the fact that We are so caught up and so worried about what people think about us, but let's be real, they're really not thinking about us that much. And so all we need to concern ourselves with is, 
Is what I'm doing pleasing the Lord? Is the life that I'm living a life worthy of my calling? Is Jesus pleased with me? And the best part is, is that he is so, so easy to please. He already loves you. He already looks at you with so much grace and love. He literally could not think any higher of you because he loves you so much. And we are so unworthy of that love, but he pours it out on us so beautifully. And so when you're worried about, oh my gosh, I hope people aren't thinking this way about me. I hope people don't have this opinion about me. Just take a deep breath and realize that Jesus is already pleased with you. And that is all that matters. All of these things that I'm saying is not a way to shame or condemn you, but more to challenge you and encourage you in the faith that it is possible. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. It is possible to get to this place with the Lord where you are living a life worthy of your calling, where you're no longer compromising in areas, where you're no longer desiring the things of this world. It is possible. So after this, I really do want us all, I know I'm going to do this as well, put on some worship music and just ask the Lord in faith, Lord, show me where I am still fearing, man. Show me where I am still fearing what people think of me, what I even think of myself. And you'll find that he will always show up. He will always be faithful to lovingly correct you and lovingly bring you back to him. It's so, so beautiful. We, we need him to love him. We need him to overflow our spirits and just to give us the desire even. So if you don't even have that desire, I would just pray, Lord, give me the desire for more of you, a hunger and thirst for your word, because we cannot truly live in authenticity. We cannot truly live in the full freedom of knowing who we are and who God is until we are freed from those lies that someone spoke to you a long time ago, whether it was yourself, a person, the enemy, a parent, a friend, whatever that is. We cannot truly live in authenticity until we are free from those. And the Lord wants to free you and he can for you. He did it for me so he can do it for you. I was adopted when I was one year old. And so the first year of my life was spent in an orphanage. And I believe that planted a lie in my head a long, long time ago that the first thing that I ever was was rejected because my parents, my birth parents gave me up for adoption. And that's a lie that I lived with for so long. I lived in that orphan spirit, that orphan mindset that I was always going to be in lack, that I always just needed and was desperate for love and affection and emotion and intimacy. But recently the Lord brought me through the season where he revealed to me, no, the first thing I ever was, was accepted. The first thing that I ever was, was loved by the Lord. And even though people fail you and people are broken. And so that's why we are broken because hurt people hurt people. And we live in this broken, sinful world. Jesus never stopped chasing after me. He never stopped loving me. And he only ever, ever accepted me. That was the first thing that I ever was. The minute that I was born, he claimed me and he said, I love you. And this is my daughter. And he says that to you. He says that to every single one of us. And so that is what it looks like to live a life worthy of our calling and to live in authenticity is knowing that we are already loved by the Lord and that nothing that we can do will ever change that. I love you guys so, so much. And I'm just going to go ahead and pray us out. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for this beautiful word. I thank you that you've called and chosen every single person on this podcast, every single person who is listening. Lord, you are so, so beautiful. And I just pray that this week we would live in that truth of knowing that we are your sons and your daughters. You are the one true high king, that there is no one like you and that you love us and that you chose us. So I thank you so much, Lord. 
I pray that this word would just be planted deep inside of us and that you would reveal to us in love and in faith everything that we are putting above you or everything that we are accepting as truth when it's really a lie. Lord, you're so faithful to show us that. So would you show me in my heart where I am accepting a counterfeit and not actually listening to the truth of who you are and who you say that I am. I love you so, so much, Jesus. And I just pray that this blesses you and that you are glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, I'm so, so excited to be back and I'm so glad that you guys are excited too. I've heard um, some feedback already about what you guys are saying about how excited you are and I'm just so, so grateful for that. As always, follow me on Instagram at already loved podcast or at KG Knipe, but that's K-G-K-N-I-P-E in case you want to follow with my daily life or um, podcast updates, etc. Also, I don't know if you know, but if you were looking to possibly support this podcast, there is actually a link in the description for you to do that. You can give as much or as little as you need or as you want. It really helps me keep it going because this is a huge time commitment for me and I don't have a real job. So hopefully one day this can be my real job. And yeah, so if, it, if the Lord lays on your heart to give and help support um, and make this podcast happen, I would love, love, love for you to do that. But like I said, literally no pressure at all. It is just a suggestion. Just wanted to let you know and make you aware that that is a possibility. I'm so, so grateful for you guys, and I'm so grateful for this community. I will see you guys next Tuesday, because we are changing to Tuesdays instead of Wednesdays. I'm so grateful for you. I love you all. Have an amazing week. Peace out.